This Saturday night, the number 12 Florida Gators host the number 20 Kentucky Wildcats. And we're punching down at them. I'm going to let you know that right now because we got locked on crossover action. Lance Dahl from Locked On Kentucky's here, and I'm going to try to put him in a body bag. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joining me now for this crossover action, we got Locked On crossover action here. I am Brandon Olson from Locked On Gators. Joining me is Lance Dahl from Locked On Kentucky. And the reason that I said my name first is because my school is ranked higher, so we're better than you, Lance. I want you to know that <laughs> this Saturday we've got number 12 Florida Gators taking on the number 20 Kentucky Wildcat. Oh, you're slumming it down there. I'm, I'm just, I'm sorry, but you know, that's, I've said this, I'm going to be very rude during these crossovers. Um, and, and that's, that's what we're doing. Today's episode is brought to you by Upside. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. But uh, now, now is the fun part, obviously, where we're talking about this Kentucky and Florida matchup. Kentucky is coming to the swamp, which I don't know if anybody listening has seen what happened at the swamp last week, this Saturday when Florida took on Utah. But uh, I'm just going to say this right now. You're going to be in for for a tough time. And I want to talk about the star of that game first. Lance, how do you think Kentucky is going to even try to contain Anthony Richardson? It's going to be tough, Brandon, and I'm going to be honest with you. That's something that I've talked a lot about throughout this week on the, the two different shows that I've put out so far, just talking about how important it is for Kentucky to be able to contain uh, Anthony and, and his mobility. Obviously, three rushing touchdowns against Utah last weekend. Really, really special stuff. Uh, that two-point conversion highlight where he kind of did like a pirouette in the air and found a receiver in the back of the end zone, maybe one of the most beautiful plays that I've ever seen. Uh, at, at any level of football, really, really nice stuff from Richardson. And you've got to be able to apply pressure to Florida's offensive line. I don't know how Kentucky's going to do it. Against Miami of Ohio, that defensive line, they were consistently getting in the backfield, but they were not bringing Brett Gabbert, the Miami quarterback, down. They had three sacks, but they honestly could have had a few more. Anthony Richardson, I would argue, is a little bit more mobile than Brett Gabbert of Miami. It's going to be, it's going to be difficult. That's what I've continued to say on the show. And... I just kind of have reiterated, honestly, what you said. It's going to be on the road in a very, very tough environment. It's going to be a big-time matchup now. Both these teams are ranked. I said on yesterday's show, I thought it was going to be 19 versus 20. It's 12 versus 20. A lot of pressure on the Wildcats in this one, especially considering they're kind of limping in, into this matchup with uh, individual spots that aren't necessarily promising, at least when it comes to depth. But, yeah, Kentucky's got pieces on that defensive line that I think are solid. I think they're solid in certain areas. I just don't know, genuinely don't know how they're going to be able to generate enough pressure. They've got a couple of really, really solid linebackers uh, that could maybe be added uh, to maybe some extra blitz packages. You're going you're gonna to have to find a way to play contain somehow with Richardson. You're going to have to be able to find a way to stop this rushing attack. So I don't know how they're going to scheme it up. I just know that they're going to have to do that. And I said this on yesterday's show. 
stopping Anthony Richardson, I don't know if that necessarily stops the offense entirely. And maybe you can tell me a little bit more about the running backs, but Montrell uh, Johnson and Trevor Etienne, I don't know what numbers they put up against the uh, against the Utes, but the, those two running backs, I, I wouldn't say that they scare me, but the rushing attack as a whole, I think, is intriguing. Yeah, I think when you look at Montrell Johnson, you look at Trevor Etienne and even Naquan Wright, who was the only running back that didn't fumble, but also played the least time there. Um, but it, it's hard because you can game plan for them and you can game plan for Anthony Richardson. But what Florida did a lot against Utah was just straight up run the option. And it was like, look, Utah can decide who is going to beat them. Is it going to be Anthony Richardson or is it going to be any of the running backs back there? And uh, I brought this up on the Monday show where I was like, look, I, I there was a guy sitting behind me at Florida, Utah, and he kept yelling, keep it at Anthony Richardson. And it's just one of those things where like, bro, just admit you know nothing because it's an option and there's a defender just staring at Anthony Richardson and he obviously was just handing it off. So I think that that's got to be the hardest part. You know, Brett Gabbard had, well, I think 39 yards on just scrambles. So obviously Kentucky struggled a bit containing that. And like you mentioned, uh, Anthony Richardson, just a smidge more athletic than Brent Gabbard. A little bit. Just a a little bit more athletic than Brett Gabbard. So it's like, I I don't know how you're going to contain that. But I, I just, I, I will say this. I think that Anthony Richardson is, I've said this multiple times, I think one of the most physically impressive human beings on the planet right now. People his size don't move the way he moves. And if they do move the way he moves, they're playing tight end or receiver. They're not throwing the ball 70 yards downfield. So I think that's what you're really looking at where Florida did a fantastic job of just consistently chipping away and I, I think that when you look at the running game, we know Anthony Richardson is going to be a big focal point. But as far as throwing the ball, what, what are we going to be seeing from Kentucky's defense against a Florida Gators offense that against Utah only threw the ball once downfield? Every, everything else was pretty close to the chest. So what can we kind of expect to see from Kentucky defensively containing Anthony Richardson and his hopeful deep threat ability this time? Well, I think it really does depend on how they control the rushing attack. I mean, if you put Anthony Richardson into longer passing situations, uh, and you may disagree with me on this, I don't know if I trust Richardson, at least at this point in his career, to consistently get it done through the air. Now, we saw him convert a couple of third and longs in that game against Utah. I just, if Kentucky loads the box or if they like to play contain it, they want to play up front against the line of scrimmage and make sure that Richardson can't get anywhere, sideline to sideline or through the middle of, uh, of the defense, that will put him in situations where they have to throw the ball to a couple of receivers that I think are solid. I think I've got some interesting pieces, but I don't know if they're going to consistently come away with victories on third down against a Kentucky secondary that actually has some really nice pieces. Keydron Smith transfer from Ole Miss uh, had a fumble recovery in the game against Miami this past weekend. Really, really solid piece on the back end. Tyler, Tyler, Tyrell agent man can't even speak uh, is another really <laughs> solid piece in the secondary there as well. They've got guys that will grade highly on PFF and they've got guys that will play sound, but what Kentucky has not done well this season, and I don't expect them to do against Anthony Richardson, which could be to his benefit is creating turnovers. They've had a really, really hard time getting interceptions, a really difficult time playing the ball and coming away with takeaways. So if, if Florida wants to maybe test Kentucky, Kentucky downfield a little bit 
maybe try one-on-one things, maybe try and fit the ball into t- to some tight windows. Anthony Richardson can do that, and I don't know if Kentucky's necessarily going to be able to truly test that. Now, again, and accurate Richardson is still a concern. He did not eclipse 200 yards passing against Utah. I genuinely think that we may see him do that this weekend, and it's not necessarily a product of Kentucky's secondary being bad. I think it may just be a product of Florida having to throw a little bit more in this game. So I I think that I think that Kentucky's going to contain it relatively well, but I think the statistics will be better for Richardson than they were last weekend. Yeah, I especially think that I've been saying I don't know why Florida didn't throw the ball deep very much against Utah. I feel like part of it might have been Billy Napier saying you're not going to beat this Utah team if you turn the ball over a bunch. So, so keep it close and kind of just play conservative football here. I think we do see it open up, especially when you're looking at SEC play and when you're looking at a Kentucky team where, yeah, I mean, Tyrell Ajan, um got targeted once, allowed that catch, but it was also a gain of three. So it was, it was nothing that he gave up. I think that you're going to have to see Florida kind of challenge vertically along the sideline this week, if you see it at all, because I think that when you're looking at inside the slot, you got some pretty talented players here. You've also got Alex Safari who combining him with Tyrell Asian, uh, that's five targets for three catches and 14 yards. They played tight coverage and you can see that because they made the tackle almost immediately. So it's not like there were these big plays. I think you've got to look at Andrew Phillips got a little carved up, but again, it was all short stuff. Kentucky's pass rush, I think they've got to get home. I think they could, but it's a matter of, you know, can you actually make the tackle? Like you said, they had three sacks. I think it was another 14 pressures, but you've got to be able to finish these plays, especially when you have someone like Anthony Richardson who's shown he's willing to scramble and then take the deep shot against you. We're about to take a look at this Kentucky offense against this Florida defense, which is a matchup that I'm looking forward to a lot because – I got some things to say about Kentucky. I'll say that. (laughs) But first, a quick word from Upside, because if you're going from cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, I mean, I don't know about you, but inflation hitting me pretty dang hard right now. Uh, That's just where it really hurts, right in that wallet. That's why I started using Upside. Upside's an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out, which admittedly i do way more than i should with every purchase i earn cash back thanks to upside to get started download the free upside app use a promo code locked to get five dollars or more cash back on your first purchase of ten dollars or more next you can claim an offer for whatever you're buying on upside check in at the business pay as usual with a credit or debit card and you can get paid especially with I mean, you you earn more bang for your buck as compared to credit card reward programs or loyalty programs. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. And now, Lance, we're, we're back here. And obviously, you know, if you're listening to this, you're going to want to hear the smoke that we're going to pull out. Um, but just make sure to subscribe to Locked on Kentucky and Locked on Gators. And Lance, I'm letting you know, this time I said your show first because I feel very bad for you for what's about to happen this Saturday. But Lance, what are your concerns on offense? Oh, man, where do I start? All right. I think you have to start with Kentucky. I think you got to start with the run game. You got to start with that offensive line getting a push 
up front, 50 yards rushing against Miami of Ohio, 28 rushing yards the first half. I am not excited about the, the, the Kentucky offense heading into this game. It was a, it was a topic on yesterday's show about, you know, if the Wildcats are forced to become one-dimensional, how are they going to operate in the passing game? It, it's really, really not looking good up front for the Wildcats right now. Just could not get any consistent push. And the thing was, Kentucky didn't run the ball a ton against Miami, right? But whenever they tried to, they just simply weren't able to get things done. And they tried to be relatively balanced on first down. Their run pass split was 11 to 8. So it was a pretty balanced uh, rushing attack, I guess, on first down. They just shot themselves in the foot, I think, a couple of different times. And what's even worse, Worse is that star running back Chris Rodriguez suspended here for the first few games of the season. We learned after the depth chart was released on Monday, he's still not going to be available against Florida. That's not a shock. Everybody expected that to be the case. But what's even worse here is that there are more running out. Ramon Jefferson, who was an FBS All-American at Sam Houston State, will be out for several weeks with an injury. Utah McLean listed as week to week. So Kentucky's running back depth chart looks like this right now. They've got Cavassier Smoke, who is a decent running back. Lavelle Wright, who is a red shirt, and then D Beckwith. And you and I were talking about him a little bit before we started recording here. Six foot five, 235 pound linebacker slash running back transfer from the University of Tennessee. I don't know if he exists. I've not seen him at practice. I've not seen him out there. Uh, but if you're telling me that we've got a six foot five kid in the backfield and Kentucky's running back depth is thin, they may have to give that kid some touches. But overall, I am uh, I'm expecting Kentucky to be forced uh, into somewhat of a one-dimensional offensive game plan this weekend against Gators. I mean, you look at Florida's defensive line; they gave up what 230 rushing yards against Utah. It was uh, it was a decent uh, amount of yards per carry uh, allowed by the Gators as well. I just don't think that's going to matter, especially considering the struggles for key up front. You look at Will Levis; you think about the passing game, what Kentucky's going to do. Uh, uh, you know how I feel about Will Levis. You have, I think, more exaggerated thoughts, and I don't mean exaggerated as an inaccurate, but just more dramatic thoughts about his play as a quarterback. He is eventually, I think, going to be a decent quarterback at the next level. I think he's got those intangibles. I think you're starting to see him really work on the mental side of things, and I think his footwork is also really starting to come along as well. But he's always good for that one mistake. That one interception, we saw it on the goal line against Miami, just stared down the receiver and threw a really bad ball. Well, not a bad ball, just a, just he threw a, made a bad decision on the goal line and threw an out route that was heavily covered and was picked off. And you can't have those types of mistakes in close games like this. And I believe this matchup this weekend is going to be competitive because that can snowball into things really, really quickly that you ne don't necessarily want. If we're going to talk about positives here for the wild they've got a really solid receiver in tavion robinson not wandale robinson but tavion robinson transfer from virginia tech and tavion's complained he said he doesn't necessarily like the comparisons to wandale he said he wants to be his own player but they're almost identical in the way that they play the game and they're they they line up at the same spots they're going to get the same type of touches and, and they both did both do really really good things when it comes to creating yards after the catch i have said man i've been saying it since early in the summer talking about this matchup in particular in the passing game, Florida is going to try and shut him down. I believe, I don't know if they're going to bracket him. I don't know if they're going to go that extreme, but if they can shut him down, Kentucky has some inexperienced pieces in that receiver room that they're going to be relying upon. Two other freshmen are starting 
Dane Key and Barry Brown. I don't know if Will Levis with a iffy offensive line and a Tavion Robinson covered up is going to consistently be able to deliver in a very tough environment on the road. I'll just say that. And here's the thing, and this is the last thing I say, I say and I'll know I, I, I've been going for, for a while here. Here's the hypothetical, and this, and this will make Florida fans excited. It will make Kentucky fans upset. I've already spoken about this, so uh, my, 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 my fans have, have already heard me say this. If Kentucky, let's say Florida gets up by 10 or 14 points early, Kentucky's unable to run the ball. They leave the defense out to dry. After a couple of long drives by Florida, they're tired. Kentucky goes three and out because they can't run the ball and they can't throw the ball either. That will quickly snowball into not necessarily a blowout, but it's going to put the Wildcats in a position they don't want to be in. I don't know if that will come early. I don't know if that will be a breaking point midway through the third quarter. I That's the way I see this game going right now in my mind, is eventually Kentucky just gets worn down. Yeah, I think the biggest thing with Kentucky is, uh, like you mentioned, Will Levis, and you're like, yeah, like like my thoughts are a bit more um, exaggerated, we'll say, or, or however you want to put it. But he's, if you don't know, he's the quarterback who eats his bananas with the peel on, he drinks his coffee with mayonnaise, and he does those things because he's just trying to get this this TikTok buzz because he knows that he's a bad quarterback, and so mm-hmm. he wants you to like him so desperately that he's doing these crazy things to get people to like him. But I agree with you where I'm like, I think that he's going to have to throw the ball. Uh, Utah did find some success. I will die on the hill that Florida played solid run defense. Not great, but better than expected, especially when you consider, you know, 50 of those 231 rushing yards for Utah came on camerizing scrambles, which Will Levis can possibly have a field day on. He's, he's a pretty mobile quarterback. 20% 20% of Tavian Thomas's rushing yards came on one play. I, I think that Utah's offensive line is better than Kentucky's. I don't think that's a wild thing to say either. Utah's known for their offensive line. Kentucky struggled against Miami of Ohio. And I think the biggest thing that we're talking about in this passing game is probably that Will Levis, at a certain point in this game, will be forced to throw the ball. The game will have to rely on or Kentucky's game will have to rely on his ability to throw the ball. With Kentucky's offensive line being as inconsistent as it was against Miami of Ohio, I think Florida's in a unique situation where they can just rush four and they don't have to blitz and they can kind of drop more in coverage or they could rush three even if they wanted to. I will say with the you said 6'5", 235-pound running back. That's the third string that you have not seen yet. I hope he exists because I want to see him meet the Florida Gators' 450-pound or 439-pound defensive tackle. And I just want to see what that would look like. And honestly, if they want to get ejected and just get into a fist fight, I, I, I would watch that as well. I, I'd love to see that. I think when you look at Tavian Robinson – He's obviously, yeah, not Wandale as much as he is basically Wandale, but I don't think he's as talented as Wandale. Wandale was a reason or a big reason that Kentucky was able to consistently move the ball offensively against Florida. He was just that guy. Uh, I am curious to see what Will Levis will look like when he doesn't have one receiver taking, I think it was 44% of his targets last season. Uh, well, what that's going to look like, because against Miami of Ohio, you can get away with stuff like that. Like, you can get away with looking bad. Because Kentucky 
looked pretty bad. That's why they stayed number 20 in the rankings. It wasn't like, oh, they beat Miami of Ohio. They don't deserve to go up. It's. I think it's more likely that it's like they didn't absolutely destroy the life and well-being of Miami of Ohio, so we won't fault them and drop them because they still won the game. But I'm curious to see how Will Levis will hold up because I think that this Florida Gators defense, look, they're going to look a, a lot better. I was talking to a defensive assistant on Sunday, and he was like, yeah, man, like we're here already. Like We have a lot of work to do. This is a Florida team where – they, they made a lot of mistakes. It wasn't a lot of turnovers, but they made a lot of mistakes. And defensively specifically, I know they want to fix it. The pass rush was not there for Florida. We are hoping they can get back on track. It's just a matter of can you do it consistently. I think we're looking at a defensive line that underwhelmed for Florida against Utah. And I think you're looking at an offensive line that underwhelmed for Kentucky against Miami of Ohio because it's Miami of Ohio. Um, and, and I think that their underwhelming performance, they kind of just – it's a battle of who wants to actually show up this week in the trenches, I think is what we're looking for. Well, let's say this then. Let's throw this hypothetical out there. Let's say somehow magically Kentucky's offensive line is a little bit better in pass pro. In fact, they're actually sliding Kenneth Horsey over from left guard to left tackle, and they're going to shift some things around. And I, I honestly, I like the way the offensive line looks now as opposed to when it did in week one. And to be honest with you, Kentucky's got a six-foot, five-star kid at left tackle that they still have not let get see the field, at least consistently. And I still think eventually he's going to take over at that spot. They've got pieces. They just nece- weren't necessarily cohesive. And we, but let's say all of a sudden they do find out how to kind of maybe work some out. And Will Levis does have time to throw. What does this Florida secondary look like in could they maybe create some some havoc, maybe create some turnovers, maybe create some pressure on Will Levis? I, I think Florida will have to work those creepers that we talk about all the time, which I, I know that a lot of your listeners might not know it at this point. But creepers is basically you have four down linemen or four players along that defensive line. You drop one of those guys into coverage and you rush a different, a non-traditional rusher it doesn't look like a blitz and it's not technically a blitz but it's called a replacement blitz it's what patrick tony likes to do it's what i think we'll see a good deal of for florida versus kentucky given that kentucky is probably going to run a good deal of rpo heavy plays and that's probably going to be a bit of a focus for them but i think if will levis has the time in the pocket you're looking at the the interior players you're looking at the running backs the tight ends and the slot receivers because against utah i mean utah's got arguably the best tight end duo or a top three tight end duo in college football right now. And Patrick Tony and this Florida Gators defense were comfortable putting linebackers on them, which it, it's not something that you expected. I mean, uh, Brent Keithy for Utah is basically a, a tight end fullback slot receiver hybrid. And Florida was perfectly comfortable putting a linebacker on them and it burned them repeatedly. And they, and they never really fixed that. So I think that if Kentucky, if Will Levis has the time, you look for those interior players, specifically the tight ends, and you, you better hope that they can pick up the, the slack that they would need to because I don't think that outside any receiver is going to have a good day. I don't care who it is or where they're lined up. I think that Florida's corners are very good. I think their safeties are very good, but apparently Florida's perfectly comfortable putting their linebackers in one-on-one coverage there, and I think Kentucky can make them pay that way. I definitely think it's going to be an interesting matchup. The The offense is what concerns me here. I genuinely think that Kentucky will have its moments in this game defensively. I think they're going to have their moments where they do find ways to contain Anthony Richardson. Again, I just am not 
fired up about him as as a passer. Although I will say, if you're going to make a quarterback in a lab, you don't really make them look physically much better than Anthony Richardson. So he's got some high upside. Uh, I think you and I have actually talked about this a little bit off air. I've kind of, since I saw him last year, it's been a Dak Prescott comparison for me. I think a lot of people hold similar opinions, but and it, we'll have to see. But offensively, for the Wildcats, it's where there are a lot of concerns for me. And I just don't know. I just don't know if they're going to be able to find enough points. And we can talk about predictions here uh, in just a little bit. Before we do that, though, I want to remind you guys to just subscribe to our YouTube channels. We've got a lot of really fun co- football content coming out. If you're listening here on Locked on Kentucky, going to continue to talk some Kentucky basketball recruiting as we get closer and closer to the season. Uh, it's going to be a special year, I believe, for the Wildcats. Uh, the Gators with a new head coach, mm, we'll, we'll have to see. But, yeah, make sure you're subscribed for our channels. Follow us on Twitter. Well, I need the clout. Brandon does not need the clout as much. He's very well known in the Twitter sphere. At WNS underscore Brandon at Lance underscore for me. Would really appreciate it if you guys gave us a follow. All right. Wrapping up this crossover edition of Locked On, Florida, Kentucky, this Saturday, going to be a lot of fun. I've been kind of hyping this matchup in my mind as something that's going to be maybe one of the better games of the weekend. I know you've got Alabama, Texas. You've got Baylor, BYU. There are a couple other games in there that I'm forgetting about. This may, may end up genuinely being the closest game of the weekend. What are your thoughts about this matchup, Brandon? Let's go ahead and get into some predictions. Lance, you know I love you, right? Yes. Just, you, know, you know that? Okay. Right. I think Florida is going to kick the crap out of Kentucky. Um, I do. I do. I just, I think when you look at that running back room, there's just too much missing where you have, like you said, you have to be one dimensional. I think Florida is going to be a very good team against the pass. I think that's what, like, if, if they clean up the issues of putting linebackers on tight ends, or if Kentucky's tight ends aren't good enough to consistently create separation, I think it's going to be an issue. And I think if Kentucky's tight ends are good enough to consistently create separation, you see some safeties come in and start covering them and try to kind of close that. But I think that the injuries and the suspension because Chris Rodriguez wants to be a big dumb dummy, I think those issues for Kentucky, it's just too much right now. And it sucks because I've been saying all offseason, I'm not bought in on Kentucky. I'm not bought in on Tennessee. And that's just, it is what it is. But I hate that now Kentucky has... This the running back issues and the offensive line is shuffling around. And I say I hate it because I think that it gives you guys an excuse here. Um, but I think that we're going to see a game that finishes 34-21. Okay. All right. Uh, I I still think that Kentucky, uh, from, from top to bottom roster-wise, is, is a little more well-rounded. Than I think some other teams, in the SEC East. I think this is going to be one of Florida's most difficult tests of the season. I think it's probably the third most difficult test of the season. If I had to go out, uh, go out on a limb and guess, but uh, I, I think that this game is going to be a little closer than that. Although, like I mentioned earlier, I can definitely see a situation where Kentucky's defense just gets gets left out to dry, and Anthony Richardson's able to extend plays and extend drives and drives, and they're able able to put some points on the board. I don't think, regardless, though, I don't think Kentucky's going to be able to score enough in this game. I have Florida winning 27 to 20, and I think that's I, I think that's where I'm going to sit. I don't see Kentucky scoring more than maybe 24, 27 points in this game. I just simply don't see them getting enough possessions or enough time to go out there and actually execute. 
like we've both been talking about the big question in this game can Kentucky run the football on paper and based off week one results does not look like that's going to be the case so you have to just assume Will Levis is going to be putting it in the air he's been mistake prone at times in the past when it comes to creating tur- or throwing turnovers interceptions I should say I look at that Mississippi State game from last year and I'm not getting those vibes heading into this matchup but I can definitely see a world where they end up in 31-17, 30, 34-21, somewhere around there. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than that because, again, I do think Kentucky's defense will have its moments in this game, but it's it's really, really bad for the Wildcats. Like you said, I, I agree. I, I think that it is an excuse. You're going into one of the most difficult places to play on the road in the country. You're going against a really, really athletic quarterback in a new system that is riding a lot of momentum. You yourself are not feeling good about what's going on up front on the offensive line. You're not feeling good about your running back room. Your quarterback in the past has thrown the occasional interception or two in big games. So it, you you don't have Wondell Robinson to bail you out this time. Chris Rodriguez is not going to be there. A half-point line that Bet Online has for this game. I'm surprised that it went down a point after it opened at 5.5. Uh, that, that's just my opinion on that. So I think that this is going to be close. But I do have the Gators winning, and I think that it's still going to be a good season for Kentucky, especially once they once they get C-Rod back. But as of right now, a lot of signs point to a Florida win, and it's hard for me to sit here and give reasons why Kentucky could win without lying or being <laughs> illogical. I think that most things will point towards Florida winning this game. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I also think that the line is weird. I'm, I was surprised that it opened at five and a half also, because typically you give the home team three points when you're setting these lines. Sometimes you give them four points if it's the right area. And I think that the swamp is the right area. Like I mentioned before, 90,799 people were at that game on Utah. There's only a thousand, less than a thousand tickets available for this Kentucky game. I do believe it will sell out. It'll be the third sellout of the season so far um, with LSU also being another game that's sold out right now. I don't know why BetOnline essentially goes, yeah, this is a one and a half point spread, um, especially when you look at everything that's going on. And both of us have said we're not really believers in Will Levis. I mean, I, I'm fine changing my opinion if he proves it. But uh, I, I think we're in for a very ugly game, no matter what. That's what I think we're going And here's the interesting thing about the line. After it was announced that two of Kentucky's running backs are going to be out for this game, the line moved down. It moved down a point, probably because I put a few grand on it. But, you know, that's neither <laughs> here nor there. But, but genuinely, I think that this is going to be probably the most entertaining game of this weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think for Kentucky fans, if we somehow find a way to win this, I think – it's not necessarily going to be, oh, look at us, we overcame all of these different struggles, but it will be a moment where Kentucky can, can lean on, okay, Mark Stoops doing his thing, Will Levis doing his thing, maybe Florida's offense in the passing game not necessarily getting things done. So I can definitely see a world where Kentucky wins this game. I can definitely see that, and I would love for it to happen just right now, taking the Gators. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the thing where it's like on paper, Florida. But it's also a game where these two teams hate each other and anything can happen. And and that's that's kind of the beauty of college football in there where it's like, well, they hate each other. We, we could see anything happen here. But uh, that about wraps it up for today's Locked On crossover. I'm Brandon Olson from Locked On Gators. That was Lance Dahl from Locked On Kentucky. 
go make sure to follow him on Twitter, Lance.WNS underscore, um, underscore Brandon. Lance is desperately going to need it, and he's desperately going to need Gator Nation to console him after Kentucky just is in shambles. This Don't sick those people on my DMs. I, I am, sick I them am on my DMs. Sicking them on you. They were very nice to Utah fans. And I'll tell you, I tried being mean to Utah fans. They were incredibly nice. They kept buying me drinks, and I was like, I don't know how I can be mean to you now. Kentucky's <laughs> not the same. Kentucky, I can hate you. So be mean to Lance. Go bully Lance. 